I hope you got something out of last week's episode on mental health. If you missed it, please go back and listen to episode 53. Today, I want to talk about mental health and how it is perceived by and within the Christian community. If you listen to episode 53, you already know that I have concerns about the mental state of everyone, but I'm really concerned about the Christian community, which tends to not seek counseling for mental health issues when they need it. So many people of faith think that there is a stigma attached to having a mental health issue and that getting professional help is somehow an abandonment of their faith. Nicole Clark Holloway, a mental health professional, is here today to help us better understand this issue. Let's listen to what she has to say. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Can you briefly just introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell us just a little bit about what you do, your experience, and your background. Sure. My name is Nicole Clark Holloway. I am a licensed mental health counselor. I have been counseling for about 13 or 14 years now. I started my career working with kids in foster care, and I really enjoy that job. But my clients started to get adopted. I mean, I wanted okay. to branch out and do something different. So I went into working in residential with teens who had some pretty severe mental health illnesses. Most of them had experienced suicide attempts. And after leaving the hospital before transitioning back home with their families, they would come and spend six months to a year in my residential program where I helped them to prepare to return home. And I worked with their families on how to create plans for the youth to be safe. They worked on a lot of their trauma histories and things like that. And then they transitioned home. So I did that for about seven or eight years. And then after that, I wanted to branch out and work with adults. So right now I run two outpatient counseling clinics for children as young as three. And I work with adults all the way up through adulthood. I also have recently just started a Youth Act program that works with youth who are living in the community but are in jeopardy of going into higher levels of care, including hospitalizations. And I also part-time do some counseling in a private practice. My goodness, you are busy. Awesome. That is awesome. Okay. Well, as you know, today, Nicole, I've asked you on the podcast to discuss mental health and therapy. And my first question for you is, how do you think the COVID-19 pandemic has impacted mental health? Well, I've definitely seen a spike in people being willing to reach out and ask for help. We have seen a lot of people who are struggling with anxiety and depression, definitely in our communities. And also we have seen an increase in domestic violence across communities for sure. The group I really want today, Nicole, to focus on in our discussion is Christians, because we know that they, like everybody else, have been affected by the pandemic and just life in general. But research has shown that this group of people, Christians in particular, tend to shy away from seeking professional help when they need it. You know, Barna Research did a study and they found that 33% of surveyed non-Christians said they have sought counseling versus 15% of respondents who'd identified as practicing Christians. That is almost a 50% 
difference. And this study confirms what many of us already know, and that is Christians, by and large, are hesitant to receive counseling for mental health issues. So my question for you, Nicole, is why do you think Christians don't seek professional counseling? I really believe that there is often a misconception among Christians that they feel that if I just pray about it, most things will change or go away. And oftentimes we've grown up to believe that. And a lot of things mm-hmm. will change with prayer. But I think sometimes we are not often discussing or talking about mental health as any other health condition. Okay. I think it's really important to compare it to other physical health conditions. If you have diabetes, you will take your insulin and you will pray so I Absolutely. think it's important to always sort of circle back to that. And that's what I try to talk to people about. Like you can do both things at once. You can seek treatment and still pray. I think that's really a good message for people listening that, because I think you're right. I think so often people think, Christians in particular, think that they can pray it away. And I think it's important to say to those listening that there are some things you cannot pray away. Just like you mentioned the example of diabetes, you have to take medicine depending on how bad your situation is. You know, at some point you may have to take medicine or insulin to keep your diabetes under control. Mental health is no different. You can pray, like you said, but you can also seek counseling. Sometimes you need Jesus and you need therapy. And it doesn't mean that you have abandoned your faith. Because I think that not only is there that mental health stigma, but I think people feel that means I don't have the Holy Spirit. That means I don't have faith. Why, Nicole, should people, Christian or not, seek therapy? And what are some signs that they may need to see a therapist? Well, I think it's important to always have someone objective to talk to, for sure. Okay. A lot of times we will have thoughts about things we will deal with or think that we're dealing with some negative things that we have experienced in the past. When I say words like trauma, sometimes people shy away and get very nervous about hearing that. But I think most of us can identify things that have happened in our past that we are not proud of or even that still affect us to this day. I think about some losses that even I myself have had to deal with. Mm -hmm. It it is really important for us all to acknowledge that those things affect us and talk about how we can move forward from them. I think especially in different cultures and communities, we're sort of taught just to be strong and get over it. But Mm -hmm. what we are seeing is that is not happening. And it can affect us both physically, As far as our health goes, it can affect us emotionally and it can affect us generationally. If you're noticing that you're thinking about something that happened in the past, if you're experiencing some sadness, sometimes we often will worry about situations over and over again Mm -hmm. or even having worries about multiple things. Some things we can and can't control, but you find yourself just worrying a great deal having trouble sleeping, having a poor appetite, or even an overactive appetite, having bad dreams, any of those things. If you're noticing that you're just not quite yourself, that could definitely be a reason to just reach out for help. So Mm, talking to a counselor, really being able to work through our traumas, talk about how it is affecting us and what our goals are for the future. We want to talk about how those things are getting in the way. That's good information. 
Can you provide us, Nicole, with some resources for finding mental health professionals? I, I think, you know, many people who maybe never done it before wouldn't even know where to start. Are there any hotlines or local or national organizations that we should know about and that we can reach out to? Yes. So I always say that I would never give someone information that I wouldn't use myself. Okay. Oh, a great resource for me is psychology today. So you can pull it right up on your smartphone or on the computer, but I would definitely go on psychology today. It gives you the option to really handpick the type of counselor you want to work with. So if you are looking for a Christian counselor, it allows okay. you to select out Christian counselors. If you only want to work with a male or a female, it allows you to do that. It allows you to put in your type of insurance or that you want to private pay, your area that you live in, whether you're looking for in-person therapists or virtual therapists only, it really allows you to handpick what you are looking for and then to go through different therapists' bios, different specialties that they have, and really take your pick of the litter. I often will tell people picking a therapist is sort of going on a bunch of first dates until you find the right one. That's absolutely what you should be doing because you're not just finding someone who feels that they're the right fit for you, but you are interviewing to pick the right fit for yourself. No one knows you better than you know you. So you want to find a good match for yourself. So Monique, one of the things that I do want to make sure that your listeners have access to, there are many different emergency services that are available to people. All of these services are 100% confidential, so I do want to make sure I put that out there. But there is a national suicide prevention lifeline by just dialing 988 on your phone. You have access to the suicide and crisis lifeline, and that is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Also, there is an Erie County Crisis Services line that's 24-7 as well. That number is 716-834-3131. And for anybody who may need this, there is a Haven House hotline to assist people in situations of domestic and intimate partner violence. That number is 716-884-6000, and that's 24-7 as well. So if you're in the Buffalo, New York area, you can access that Erie County crisis, 716-834-3131. And for domestic violence, you can reach out to Haven House, 716-884-6000. However, the confidential suicide, that 988 that you can dial on your phone, yes. that is nationwide, correct? Yes, it is. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that information. Thank you, Nicole, for offering your expertise and for shedding some light on this important matter. Thank you for also for giving us the information and the tools we need to make sure we know when we might need help and where to reach out for it if we do. I'm really hoping that our conversation today has reduced some of the shame, some of the stigma, some of the hesitation to pursue therapy within the Christian community. Because as I've said before, sometimes you need Jesus and therapy in order to heal or to be made whole. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Bye for now.